As they entered the warehouse, the difference between the two resistance groups in Hyde was clearly substantial. There were no people just aimlessly milling around with no sense of purpose. There was organization here, things getting done. The loading dock they had walked through led them to the ground floor of the warehouse, which held busy people hustling around from place to place carrying random things here and there. Some had cans of food in their hands, others had scraps of metal. Julian noticed a working computer in one corner with a small, shy-looking man working busily on it. There was a table covered in guns, something that he had not even seen one of at Adrian's. He chanced to look back at Adrian and saw immediately that this was affecting him. A combination of hurt and jealousy had painted itself on Adrian's face. Julian knew that although he had come here for answers, uniting the two groups was just as important. They reached a lift, and Archer beckoned them in. My office is on the next floor up. We won't be disturbed there by any of my men. They all clambered on and the lift began to rise slowly. As it did, Julian looked down on the warehouse floor and took note of how many people were working with Archer. By just doing a quick head count, he saw 23 people. Mostly men, but with a few women scattered in there. With the addition of Adrian's people, the resistance would have a much more legitimate look to it. Seeing as some of Archer's people had seen most of the years of their lives pass by already, the lift stopped at a room suspended in the air above the floor of the warehouse, and Archer opened the door, inviting them inside. They obliged him, with Liam looking around in wonder as they entered. Say, brother, is that lift the only way to get into this place? Archer laughed. No, not at all. There's a staircase on the other side, but my chair doesn't do so good on stairs. Liam sheepishly rubbed the back of his neck. Aye, sorry, brother. Archer waved his apology away. No need to be sorry. You didn't put me in here. He turned to Adrian and smiled. So, the boy McCoy has returned. I have to say, I knew you and your father were heading towards the mall on that day so many years ago, and I had held on to hope all these years that you had made it out. The fact that the tunnel blew up when the attackers followed you down tempered my hope quite a bit, though. Julian nodded. How did you know about the tunnel blowing up, Archer? I mean, the last time I saw you, you were buried under a balcony. And then the explosion afterwards. How did you survive? Archer chuckled. <laughs> well, that body armor I put together wasn't much in the way of speed, but protection was something it did pretty well. He pointed ruefully at his face. Obviously, there was only so much it could do. These are burns, mostly, from my weapons discharging once the rubble fell on me. Armor also couldn't do anything about the weight of that balcony falling on me. Well, I'm not sure if it was beyond repair back then, but after that night, the changes in Hyde started, and all the surgeons in the hospital were either put on other duty by Vega, or disappeared. His eyes went distant as he looked around at the men. I lost consciousness when everything hit me. When it came to, the entrance of the mole was a wreck looked like it had collapsed in on itself and smoke was billowing up from it. I somehow dug my way out of all the rubble, releasing the armor as I did because it weighed so damn much. He chuckled. <laughs> I was a wreck, Julian. Blood everywhere, burns, gashes, you name it. As I dragged myself across the floor, I smelled smoke. At first I thought it was the smoke coming from the mole entrance, but then I realized that smoke was all around me and it wasn't residual from the firefight we had. His eyes again took on that distant look, 
and Julian knew that he was dredging up this story especially for him. He clearly did not enjoy recounting that day. I made it out of the back door of McCoy Manor just in time. Thank God there were no men stationed in the back of the house or I would have been the easiest target in the world. From the outside, I saw that they had set the top floors of the house on fire first. The fire spread quickly though, and people saw it and came to help. A couple found me lying in your mother's old garden, barely holding on to consciousness. I had enough of my wits about me to tell them not to tell anyone about me. They thought it was strange, but they did as I asked them, breaking their promise only once to get me a doctor. He smiled gratefully. If it weren't for those three people, I probably would have died in that old garden. Anyway, after a little while, I started to make contact with people in Hyde I trusted. People I knew had nothing to do with the attack. I heard how it was being spun in the town. He looked with disgust towards Adrian. Benedict told people that bandits came through the town and specifically targeted the manor. I knew that was wrong. Bandits didn't move with the precision that those men did. Nor did they have the weapons that our attackers had. Julian nodded in agreement. They weren't wearing any distinguishing colors either. They all just had the same outfit, like a uniform. Archer continued to glare at Adrian with his one good eye. Yeah, uniforms. Sound like anyone we know? Benedict was behind the whole thing. I have contacts everywhere, inside Benedict's guards with Vegas people outside the walls. He trailed off, scowling as he did. Except Santana. I refuse to put anyone in that situation just to keep an eye on what he's doing. Anyway, once I knew that Benedict was behind everything, and that he was gaining the trust of the people, I realized that I had to stay hidden. It was better if he thought that I had been killed in the battle at your house. All of these years, though, I've been carefully gathering people that are sick and tired of living by Benedict's rules. Julian nodded solemnly before Wade piped up. You do realize that there are bandits outside the walls, though, right? I mean, we all almost didn't make it inside because a few of them chased us down. Archer chuckled grimly. <laughs> I know. I suspect that Benedict and his little cronies are behind that as well. The whole plan of overtaking Hyde was very well thought out. I'll give them that. He again glared at Adrian. I know for a fact that Benedict is too stupid to come up with such a plan, though. Vega is pulling the strings for sure. That man is deadly cold no matter what the circumstance, while your father looks like he's having a heart attack about ten times a day. Julian coughed to draw Archer's attention from Adrian, who looked like he was on the verge of charging Archer, his face colored a bright shade of red. Archer reluctantly looked back to Julian and smiled. So that's most of my story. What's yours, kiddo? I'm actually really curious as to how you're alive seeing as the hole you disappeared down was spitting out fire not five minutes after you went down. As quickly as he could, Julian recounted the last 15 years for Archer, filling in the blanks that Archer already knew about his escape, the cabin, his friendship with Wade, and his extensive training with the plan of one day returning to Hyde. Archer beamed as Julian told this story. I knew it. You always had that fire in you as a young kid. I knew that if you really did survive, someday you would be back. Julian opened his mouth to begin to tell him about how he got back into the town when Adrian cut in. So, Julian, how about we get to the reason why we're here in the first place? Archer shot him a dirty look. You got a lot of nerve coming in here to begin with, Benedict. 
The fact that you used my friend here to get inside a place I would normally never let you see pisses me off even more. Adrian gritted his teeth. My name is Adrian. Don't call me Benedict. I didn't use him. He wanted to come and I showed him the way. Archer laughed coldly at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You couldn't have just told him where it was. You had to come with him to make sure he got here safe and sound. See, this is the kind of shit right here why you aren't allowed into my camp. Benedict. Adrian took three deliberate steps towards Archer. You had better watch yourself, old timer. I'm not afraid to hit a guy in a wheelchair. Archer sneered at him and wheeled himself forward. I don't need legs to kick your ass, you worthless piece of... Julian stepped between them and forcefully shoved them both back. Enough! This is a joke, right? You people both want the same thing. Yet you're at each other's throats like the other is the enemy. We know who the enemy is, so why are you wasting your time hating each other? Archer cocked his head and looked at Julian in disbelief. Why? I'll tell you why. I know what Adrian's been doing, smuggling people out of hide under the cover of darkness. You know what happens to those people? They're dead. All of them. Adrian's fist clenched angrily. You don't know that for sure, you ass. Archer turned back towards Adrian. Oh no? Let's look at the facts here, little Benedict. You got them scurrying out through the graveyard like rats. The graveyard is Santana's territory. If they happen to get past Santana and his creepy crawly bunch, they have the woods to contend with before they're free. You know what's in the woods? The bandits. And... Him. A tear dropped from one of Adrian's eyes. You don't put that on me, you son of a bitch. At least I'm doing something to try to help people get away. What are you doing? Yeah, your operation looks real nice. But what have you really done, except for watch everything happen from your little warehouse? Archer laughed. <laughs> Spoken like a Benedict, never seeing the bigger picture. You should have never been trying to get people out, you fool. We need as many people here when the time comes to overthrow your father as possible. What have I been doing? I've been pouring gasoline over all this town, waiting for a match to light it. At this, he turned and smiled at Julian. But instead of a match, I got a torch. I'm guessing that's why you came back, my friend. You know what's been going on here somehow, and you're here to claim what's rightfully yours. Julian nodded seriously and then slowly pointed to Adrian. You don't get this torch, unless you include Adrian and his people in the plan, though. Archer's face dropped as if Julian had just told him he had killed his mother. Julian, you can't be serious. The kid's father is responsible for killing your own father. Your mother too, for that matter. Julian nodded. I understand that, but he was just a kid when that happened. He knew nothing of what his father was doing until a few years ago, and when he found out, he opposed his father and got hunted for it. Now Benedict wants him dead as he wants you dead. Honestly, Archer, can't you admit that you've been taking out your animosity towards Benedict on Adrian just because they share the same last name? Archer opened his mouth to say something but hesitated, thinking silently to himself. Julian pressed on. Adrian has good people with him. If it weren't for one of the girls staying with him, we would have never gotten inside the walls, and Liam's arm would probably be a lot worse off than it is now. Liam nodded his agreement from a chair that he had found. Archer looked at Adrian again, for the first time since they had entered his hideout, 
without loathing. He looked back at Julian and sighed. So you're telling me that if I don't include Adrian in his little posse, you aren't going to work with me to inspire your people? Julian set his jaw firmly. Adrian and his group are my people too. We all want the same thing. We need to work together. Archer nodded grimly and actually managed to smile towards Adrian. Well, I guess you have a point. We've got plenty of room for your people, so I suppose if you want to start moving them in, you can whenever you want. Adrian looked at him in disbelief, and Julian was actually amused to find that he looked almost exactly the same as he did when he got excited as a child. Are, are, are you serious? We can stay here? This actually forced a chuckle out of Archer. <laughs> sure. One thing I can't take away from you is you got spirit, kid. I guess I can respect anyone who would rather live on the street in poverty than take your father's hospitality. He extended his hand towards Adrian. Welcome to the resistance, kid. Adrian shakily held out his own hand and grasped Archer's, while Julian looked on and smiled. As they shook, he approached them. So, what's the next move, Archer? Archer had motioned them over to a desk in the office, and Julian and the other boys laughed when they reached it and saw what was laid out there. Archer and Adrian looked at them, puzzled. What's so funny? Adrian inquired. Dorian pointed down. It's a map of Hyde. We had almost the same one at the cabin when we made our plans to come here. Only ours had little toy cars on it. The boys burst out laughing again, and Archer shrugged at Adrian's bewilderment. Well... I guess yours got the job done. Hopefully mine will too. Julian stopped laughing and looked over Archer's shoulder at the map, which had several pushpins in it. So, what's our first move? Archer pointed to a spot on the map, not inside of Hyde, but rather in the woods to the north. We uncover Vega's dirty little secret. Julian looked at him blankly. I have no idea what you're talking about. Archer smiled at him coyly. Few do. That's why we call it a secret, Julian. Julian rolled his eyes impatiently. Ha ha. Alright, what's the secret? Archer's expression turned serious and he moved his wheelchair so he was facing the group. You all should have a seat. Adrian, I know for a fact that you don't know this story either, so you pull up a chair as well. They all exchanged glances, but did as they were told. Archer rubbed the bridge of his nose thoughtfully and then began. Victor Vega is the best surgeon in Isola. We knew that years ago when he first came to Hyde to volunteer his services. What we didn't know was that in addition to being a brilliant surgeon and doctor, he is also a genius scientist. Wade cut in. What kind of science? Archer looked at him grimly. All science, really, but what we found out is that his specialty is genetics. Of course, no one realized this because he never revealed it to anyone, and we didn't know at all until after Hyde fell to Benedict and he authorized Vega to full control over the hospital. He sighed wearily. This man was hiding under our noses the whole time. I think he was scheming the takeover from the day he stepped inside of Hyde. As I said, the way that the plan unfolded in the first place was too perfect to be anyone other than him, but I'm getting off topic. 
Once he was in control of the hospital, he got rid of staff that he didn't want or didn't need, either by flat out telling them not to come back or having them disappear. Liam cut in. How can people disappear without people questioning it? Archer looked at him sadly. Fear had already gripped them. In normal times, people would absolutely question their friends and loved ones disappearing, but these aren't normal times, and people are scared that if they say something, they'll be the next ones to disappear. Julia nodded. So what was Vega doing in the hospital? Archer looked at him with a pained expression. It took a little while for me to get someone inside his operation, but once I did, the reports were almost as terrifying as what Santana is doing. He's experimenting on our people, Julian. He's cutting them open, testing their blood, their organs. He injects them with things. He does everything to them. They all eventually die. Julian closed his eyes, trying to imagine what it would be like to go to the town hospital for medical care, only to have someone strap you down and experiment on you. Why? Why does he do it? Archer turned his wheelchair so that it wasn't facing them anymore, and his voice was shaky when he answered. He's trying to come up with a formula for, I don't know, an invincible man, I guess you could say. It's just so pointless. Julian's face bore a look of bewilderment. What? What do you mean? Archer shrugged in frustration. Exactly. You see the pointlessness of it, too. He's trying to come up with a formula to make people stronger, better, invincible. He's basically playing God, but what else could you expect from a maniacal narcissist like that? Julian shook his head, still trying to comprehend what Archer was saying. I understand what you mean, I just don't see the point. Why is he doing this? Archer shook his head. I don't know. What I do know is that his little freak project is being funded from outside of Hyde. Julian's eyes narrowed. I thought only people authorized by Benedict can come and go from Hyde. Archer laughed with a twinge of anger. <laughs> you need to start realizing something, son. Vega is the puppet master. I can guarantee you that he came up with the whole plan to overthrow your father and put up the wall to keep everyone locked in. I don't know why he wants control of Hyde so bad, but he sure as hell has got it. Benedict thinks he's in charge, but he absolutely still answers to Vega. Wade piped up. What about Santana? Archer snorted in disgust. <laughs> Santana. Distraction technique. If people are scared of him and his followers, they'll spend less time worrying about what's going on in Vega's labs, which are pretty much just as bad. Julian leaned forward. Tell me what's happening in the labs, Archer. The large man in the wheelchair pressed his hands against his eyes, rubbing them as if to block out the images he had to share. It's such a waste of life. He hasn't perfected his formula, obviously. In fact, it's nowhere close to perfect. It's somewhat damaged, actually. From what my source tells me, every time he injects a new subject with a dose, they die, painfully, with a lot of convulsions and internal bleeding. My contact described one death as if the person was cooking from the inside out. Anyway, if they don't die, their bodies start to mutate and Vega's men simply kill the poor souls right there. Archer's lip trembled with emotion. Can you believe it, Julian? That place used to be a place of healing. They still use that as the excuse when they take people off the street. Oh, you're sick? Here, let me bring you to the hospital. Then they suffer a fate much worse than whatever they're currently suffering from. 
Silence filled the room as Archer's head hung low. He didn't shed any tears, but everyone felt the same emotion radiating from him. Shame. Shame and frustration that he couldn't do more to save those people. Eventually, Julian broke the silence. Archer, you said before that we needed to uncover Vega's dirty secret. Do you mean tell the town about what's going on there? Do you think that will cause outrage enough to have the entire town back us? Archer lifted his head and then shook it. No, not at all. In fact, if we tell everyone that right away, it might suck whatever desire to rise up right out of them. What I meant was we need to track down the one patient that he didn't fail with. They all looked at him in confusion until Dorian spoke up. I thought you said he's continued to fail because he hasn't perfected the formula. Archer smiled. Well, something happened at the very beginning of this whole mess which is as close to a victory as we can claim. Apparently, Vega's first two experiments were very different from the rest. Whatever happened to the second subject is a very closely guarded secret. Not even my contact inside of the hospital knows, but we do know about the first subject. He reached down and opened one of the drawers of the desk, removing a folder and setting it on the desk for all to see. His name was Trevor Maben, he said as they looked at a picture of a man in his mid-thirties. He had jet black hair and a solemn expression on his face. Nothing really spectacular or distinguishing about him at all, save for the sideburns that went down lower than most people's and came in somewhat thick. Archer continued on. Apparently, the first experiment was a rousing success. The formula worked perfectly and Maben became the perfect soldier. Stronger and faster than the rest, able to heal from any wound they inflicted on him in tests. There was only one catch. He paused and looked around at the boys before continuing. Vega's ego has no limits. He wants complete control over these soldiers once he creates them. So he performs some sort of brain surgery on them to make sure they follow every word he speaks to them. I don't know exactly what that entails, but what I do know is that whatever he did to good old Trevor, it didn't take. He tapped on the hospital on the map and chuckled grimly. He was actually a good soldier for Vega at first. Apparently he was there the day of the attack on your house, Julian. But during the attack he did something somehow contrary to what Vega had told him to do. Vega became outraged even though that mission was a success for them, and opened him back up to operate on him again. After the second procedure, Maben went haywire. He took out several more pictures from the folder and spread them out across the desk. He killed many of Vega's men at the hospital and actually blew up the wing of the building he was being housed in, destroying the rest of Vega's formula before he got to use the perfected version on anyone else. All of Vega's notes were completely destroyed as well so he would have to start from scratch, which is why he's never duplicated the success of his first experiment. Archer looked thoughtfully at the pictures as he drummed his fingers on the desk. Apparently his face was severely burned in the explosion when he destroyed the lab, so he's fashioned some kind of mask or helmet for himself. Liam spoke up. People have seen him? Archer nodded. Yes. After the explosion, he had to fight his way out of Hyde because Vega wanted to capture him and bring him back. He doesn't want him dead because Maben is Vega's biggest accomplishment to this day. Anyway, Maben killed many of Vega's men, and many of Benedict's guards as well who were trying to capture him for Vega also. He fled into the woods to the north of Hyde, and that's where he stayed to this day. Vega has tried to bring him in many times with help from Benedict's men 
but every time they send men in to get him, they don't come back out. Liam scratched his head, clearly confused. Hmm, I don't get it. I mean, you go through all that trouble to escape, and then once you hit the tree line, you just camp out there? For years? Why doesn't he just leave and go somewhere else? Archer shrugged. Who knows? I mean, he did have multiple operations on his brain, but clearly he's able to survive in the woods. I'm thinking he's staying there because he wants revenge on Vega, and he's trying to pick his moment. He slowly turned his wheelchair and looked seriously at Julian. Julian stared back. You think that he would stand and fight with us? Against Vega and Benedict? Archer shrugged and grinned. I mean, who knows? I know that he has never attacked anyone unless he was provoked. He does hate Vega, and he seems to be waiting for something. If we track him down and ask him to help and he says no, we still have this team together. If he says yes, it's like we've added a small nuke with legs and a brain to our team. Wade gave Archer a doubtful look. Or he could decide he doesn't like us and kill us all. Archer shook his head. No, I'm sure he wouldn't do that. He's very cunning, and he knows the difference between regular people in town and Vega and Benedict's people. If you go into the woods and reason with him, tell him that you want to overthrow the whole operation here, he might be more than willing to lend his services. They all turned their attention to Julian, who was thoughtfully scratching his chin. He looked up and grinned. Alright, if Archer thinks it's a good idea, let's give it a shot. Dorian raised his hand quickly and Julian laughed, gesturing at Dorian to talk. What about Clyde and Max? At this, Archer looked startled. Clyde? Clyde Washington? They all nodded and he became visibly flustered. What's wrong with Clyde? Is he alright? Julian slowly sat down in a chair next to Archer. We don't know. Clyde was the one that came up with the plan to get us in here. Well, him and our friend Max. He quickly glanced at Wade for a reaction, but Wade was too busy looking at the map. They were the first team into the walls. They were supposed to disable the defenses, but something went wrong, and we lost contact with them. Right after that, the whole plan blew up, and we all ended up running for our lives into the graveyard. Archer wheeled his chair to the opposite side of the room, and then rotated his chair towards them. They sat in silence for several moments as Archer closed his eyes and steepled his fingers at his chin. He opened his eyes and calmly addressed them. We have to get them out. If Benedict captured them, they're being held in the dungeon thing of his. We'll have to get a team together to break them out. Julian stood up quickly. No need in worrying any of your men with this. We have four men ready to do whatever it takes right here. If I'm supposed to be some kind of figurehead here and I ask for help on the very first thing I attempt, none of your men will respect me. Archer looked at him doubtfully. Julian, you haven't been in Hyde for 15 years let alone dealt with the security of the magnitude that Benedict has set up. It's a miracle in itself that you weren't killed trying to get into Hyde in the first place. Adrian quickly stood up next to Julian. But he does have a guy that knows this town like the back of his hand. Adrian smiled as Julian looked at him with admiration. You forgot. You have five people here, not four. Julian nodded. Alright then. The five of us go to break out Max and Clyde, and then return here to regroup. Archer shook his head. No good. This is a stealth mission. You boys can't just go in there, guns blazing, trying to take out all the guards and break out our men. We need a smaller group than five. 
and we need to get Maven out of the woods. He wheeled his chair back to the map and looked at it thoughtfully before continuing. Two groups. One group goes after Clyde and Max, the other group enlists the help of Maven. That way, if the breakout group fails and the Maven group is successful, you'll have a second wave to get our boys out. Julian considered the suggestion for a moment and then nodded. Alright, we have five, so the larger group will go in after the prisoners. I'll lead the breakout team. Archer cut him off again. No. Maven will respond better if the new leader of Hyde is enlisting his help instead of one of his soldiers. You have to go with the team to get Maven. Before he could protest, Wade stepped up and put a hand on his shoulder. He's right, Jules. Plus this resistance needs you alive more than any of us. The breakout team is going to be in more danger. I've always been better at stealth than you. I'll go with the rescue team. Archer nodded assent. Alright, so we have Adrian and Wade on the breakout team. Julian on the recruitment team. He glanced at Liam and Dorian. It's between you two. Liam grinned broadly. Well, if things go wrong at the prison, you may need someone to blow a few holes in people. I've never been real good at being quiet, but I could get things done when it comes to a firefight. I think I should go with the breakout team as insurance. Dorian glanced over at Julian and shrugged. Probably better off that I go with you anyway. We want this Maven character on our side alive, and if he came after Liam, he'd be likely to put a hole in his head. Julian looked around at everyone in the room and realized that they had already made the decision for him. He sighed and nodded his agreement. Alright then, let's get moving. Thank you so much for joining me for Chapter 19 of Hyde. Next week, we will track both the rescue team and the recruitment team as they attempt to rescue Clyde and Max and recruit Trevor Maben to the Resistance. So until we meet again, make your story a good story. And maybe, someday, I'll be telling your story. Be safe out there, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.